Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Film Club Podcast, where every month we deep dive into a different aspect of cinemas, directors, genres, franchises, or actors. It doesn't matter, because it's always fun at the Film Club. I'm Dean. I'm Boo. And this month we're talking about foreign films, and this week we're talking about... Seven Samurai. That's right, Seven Samurai, three and a half hour long samurai epic from 1954, directed by Akira Kurosawa. This is one of, if not the greatest foreign films ever made, according to everyone that matters. Roger Ebert called this the first modern action film. It is number 20 on Sight and Sound's critics poll, number 15 on the director's poll. And it is um, a masterpiece in a lot of circles. But we're going to find out the one question we all want to know. Boo, did you like the movie? I think you're the only one that wants to know the answer to this question. But yeah, I ended up really liking the movie. Uh, Like Dean said, it is three and a half hours long. Which is usually a sign the boo's probably gonna have issue with it. uh, It's more, you know, I like to watch my movies late. And then, you know, we really get late into the the morning hours. But no, it was a really good film. Really enjoyed it. Um, You know, I was sitting there watching it and thinking... Is there any way that they could have trimmed any fat from this movie to make it, you know, shorter, make it tighter? And I think it's perfect the way that it is. Yeah. I, I don't think there's anything that you can remove from this movie. And, you know, you need it as part of the story. Yeah, the whole movie, again, it's... You would think at this length of film, there be a scene or a shot or something that you could tighten up. But it is as tight as it can be. already and it's not like there's superfluous stuff going on and it's also not like oh there's the the three minute tracking shot through the wilderness no there's like an hour-long battle sequence at the end of this and then the whole opening sequence is all the setup and all the samurai and it's there's a lot of action going on in the movie it's not boring which i loved because i wasn't sure what the movie was about i went in completely blind didn't look at anything you didn't know there were going to be seven samurai in the movie well i was kind of tipped off by that you Mm. know by looking at the poster but give poster gives a little too much away yeah it says a little bit too much but you know in its entirety it makes sense that you know the first hour is establishing what the problem is hiring the samurai the samurai teaching the farmers how to protect themselves how to you know protect their community and then an hour-long war because i you know with movies now you get action and it's about 10 15 minutes because movies have to be two and a half hours at the longest to fit all like the run times and all that shit and with this i was very surprised that you know the war that we get in this movie is an hour-long war and it's you know it's not pretty i'm like there is a lot going on and there's there it's in waves of of forces it's more like a siege than a, a fight scene than a battle it's terrifying because you know this starts it's over the span of like 24 hours 48 I hours thinks i think it's a it's a afternoon a night and a morning which is you know afternoon the the battle begins but it's once they creep into the night and it's you've got people running back and forth around this village the to, bandits are sneaking in they're trying to like, infiltrate how terrifying is that i mean considering this is taking place in the 1500s so mm-hmm. you feel you know the fear that they must be feeling you know just surrounded in complete darkness and not knowing where these people are going to invade and 
kill you. It, it's the uh, saying, it's like, oh, the barbarians are at the gates and we are huddled in our in mass uh, hoping to make it through. It's it's so tense and the catharsis of the battle is like, again, epic battle. I'm surprised no one died because, and I'm not yeah. saying like in the, oh man, like that guy got punched really hard. No, I'm, I, I understand there's stunt performers here, but there's like teams of horses running through extras where they're like real extras there's mud there's water and people are getting knocked over by horses bucking around and you know oh somebody has to go up and grab this guy who's running on a horse and throw him on the ground and there's guys landing in weird awkward ways i'm surprised no one died that's just you know a sign of how good the stunt team was for this movie because yeah, you know, things happen in modern day movies where, you know, there's protocols and there's safety measures and people still pass. And in this movie, I mean, my man, there's really some crazy stunts that are in there and, you know, we're good. One we're of, okay. One of my favorite things about like old Hollywood versus new Hollywood where people are like, oh, back in the day, studio system, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you know, they fired live rounds at James Cagney, right? Yeah. Like there was like they didn't have blanks back then. They just gave some guy a bottle of whiskey and a Thompson submachine gun and say, hey, don't shoot the most valuable player in this movie, but make it look good. <laughs> and in this, they're Not like, surprised. and in this, they're like, so we ran over a few extras with a horse. It's fine. <laughs> you know, they're they're paid by the day. It's fine. But. That's not even the movie is grandly epic, but it's directed by Akira Kurosawa, who is S tier director, probably in the top three or four greatest directors of all time. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious because you know I'm a film bro, as they like to call me. But have you seen many Kurosawas before this? This is my first Kurosawa film. Oh, I am so envious of you. Oh, I am so envious. My first Kurosawa was Yojimbo, which. You Great. talk about it all the time. Oh, I love that movie. It's it's a fistful of dollars, but with samurai, it's fucking lit. But I started with Yojimbo, which is like a much lower budgeted movie and a lot more like scrappy. And you're starting with the fucking epic. Well, I mean, no, that's how you do it. I guess that's how you do it. But so, did you have any concept of Kurosawa before this? Did you know anything about like his legacy director stuff? Have you heard any other movies about the guy? <sighs> Just everything that you've told me, because you like to talk about Kurosawa a lot, but I never, you know, kind of ventured into it until, you know, uh, Foreign Films Month here at the film club. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you know, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I'd be willing to watch some of his other films. Uh, researched a little bit about him. Kind of sounded like he was the James Cameron of the, the 1950s, because, you know, a lot of this was... You know, I can't build this farming community on a set. I need to do this in actual nature. And it was very, you know, kind of like, I get my budget is this, but I need more. I need to make it more epic. And it's like, yeah, I don't think you could achieve, you know, this this feeling of seclusion in these hills and never knowing when you're going to be under attack or what's going to be taken away from you. Like in the film, because they're really like basically in a pit yeah, in the mountains. And it's just like, yeah, you feel kind of that kind of dread, on edge feeling of these guys can show up at any time and raid us again. It's it's interesting you bring up the location because it does look like they're in a pit. Because you know the opening shot, they're up on this. The bandits are up on this hill and they look down mm -hmm. at the village and you see that it's like at the base of this valley and it's like oh these horses are just gonna come down here at Mach ten and just run through it all because everything washes through this. Yeah, and it is. 
it is interesting that Kurosawa was so adamant about that because again this was produced by Toho and they gave him like I think it was like a hundred two hundred thousand dollars for the budget and then he spent three months doing pre-production the shooting of the film was supposed to take three months and then he gets into shooting it and then they shut it down and they shut it they shut down this film twice and both times Kurosawa does the baller move of being like you invested too much into me. I know you're going to keep green like this movie. Oh, I love that it was a thing where they were like, you know what? We're going to have to shelve this movie. And Kurosawa was like, okay, whatever. You shelve it. I'm going to go fishing. And then they come back to him and be like, all right, we're ready to start rolling again. And he's like, I knew we were too far in and spent too much money to shelve this picture. It was going to happen. And if I could, you know, take the day off and go fishing for a little bit. All right. Sounds good to me. Which is one of those things, you know, you try to draw the parallel with James Cameron. That's why I'm like, I could totally picture him like Avatar 2 is going to take how long? All right. I guess I'll go fishing. Yeah. Because with, you know, with Cameron, with Avatar 2 and all those stuff, there's definitely a point with these Hollywood movies where there's like, we've milled we have put too much money in for us not to have something at the back end exactly and that's why you know i kind of love that that was kind of his response to this it's like it's going to take us a little bit longer to film this but i know it's going to be made and this is him already coming after making rashomon which Mm -hmm. critically lauded considered one of the best films ever made there's like five or six kurosawa movies where they're like critically lauded one of the best films ever made but he already made that had all the clout he needed and he's making uh, Seven Samurai like four years later. And he's like, find someone better than me. I fucking dare you. Do it. Make my day. And it's crazy because the studio who's making it, Toho, mm-hmm. the same time another movie they're making is going way over budget, way over schedule. It was Godzilla, right? Yep. And they released the same year. And you got to be sitting here thinking. But this is original Gojira? Original Gojira. Wow, yeah, I think it, that those two came out at the exact same time. From the same studio. But you got to think about that. You're a Toho executive in the 1950s and you're like, how much money are we in the hole? Because Kurosawa started with 200 grand. He's up to half a million by the end of the movie. And I believe he is nine months over budget or nine months over schedule because mm-hmm. it took a year to shoot. So now you're sitting there as your Toho executive. I'm like, if either of these movies bomb, I will be out of a job because the studio will crumble underneath me it's like cleopatra that sunk um what is it united artists or fox uh yeah i forget what studio that was but yeah it it sunk the studio yeah these big bloated you know epics from the 60s and 50s that just were too big and they bombed and they just failed you think the the audiences in the 50s were having the same uh dilemma that we're having now with the barbenheimer thing do you we're like what do we watch first? We watch Gojira first and then, you know, Seven Samurai or do we watch Seven Samurai first then Gojira? Oh my god, that would have been one of the most epic fucking um, double, features. double features of all time. I know they weren't released the same time because no studio in the right mind would release these movies at the same time if they want to make their money back. But that would be one of the most fucking lit double features ever. Like you watch this very like big, epic, heady fucking samurai movie and then you watch this monster movie that is all allegory of like nuclear apocalypse and it's like these are fucking this is insane (laughs) if you guys could only see the look on dean's face i think he's gonna have a double feature when he goes home tonight that would be that'd be great if i had seven hours to put aside i'd give it a shot Eh, Um, i think you could squeeze it in there just a little 
Um, but yeah, like the production of this movie is like insane because Kurosawa originally didn't even want to make this seven samurai movie. He mm-hmm. wanted to make a movie about the day in the life of a samurai, yeah. you know, because Kurosawa always had this obsession of being like, I want to make entertaining films that have a point. But he also had lineage to samurai. Oh, did he? I read that somewhere that that was somewhere in his lineage. And I was like, okay, so you're pulling from your roots. And I could totally see how you would do, you know, a day in the life. But I was like, I think this is more interesting to see kind of like this band of samurai where some of them know each other, others don't. And, you know, they're able to unite and make this farming community that much stronger. Yeah. And there's interesting, like a dichotomy going on there where the farmers are like, Oh, they're the victims, but really they're just as, they're really like cruel and underhanded and mischievous. And the samurais are like, I can't believe that. And they're like, we're like this because you made us like this. I mean, a little barbaric because when we get the, the one, um, the one bandit that they capture to get the information and they're just, you know, with the scythes and with the bamboo trying to kill him and and the samurai backing off and they're like, he's pleading for his life. He's given us information we let him go now and, and they're just like that ain't fucking happening dog and then the old lady comes up with the with the stick and they're like she needs to avenge her son and i'm like i don't know if she knows where she is right now i know i'm watching that and then the dude that's the one that you know was going out and seeking the samurai i don't know what his name was the oh. one that lost his wife oh yeah, yeah, yeah that would be uh rikichi I, I have to have everyone's names written out phonetically for me because yeah. uh, again to reiterate my point, dumb American, can't pronounce people's names. I, did we do the back of the box yet? No, you you uh, kind of jumped the gun there. Oh, shit. Do we want? Do we need to do that? Do... Yeah, or sorry, you jumped the musket there. I did jump the musket there. There's muskets in this movie. Yes, Great that, movie. that completely threw me. All right. Um, let, let me do the back of the box so we, everyone's on the same page. So um, the gist of the movie, for anyone that's wondering, uh, a... I feel like people should probably figured it out. Oh, Seven Samurai defending a village. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But what did, what the movie's about, this poor village, it's about to be attacked by a band of evil bandits. There's 40 of them. They're all on horseback, well-armed. They've come to the village before to take their rice and their grain, and they're coming again. But the village, like, they're going to take all of our stuff, and we'll have nothing. We'll actually starve this time. So they hatch a plot. Because they can't defend themselves because they don't have the skill or the prowess, they're going to hire samurai to defend them. And they go into town and they find a elderly samurai, uh, an elderly samurai ronin named Kembai, Kembi, Kembai, Kembi, I think, Kembi, who uh, decides to help them out of the kindness of his heart and gathers a team of seven samurai to fight this impossible battle. And he is. This impossible battle where neither side is going to come out unscathed. No. Everyone's in danger. People die on both sides of this. And as they are teaching the villagers how to fight, getting them equipped to battle, there's this bond and this... Understanding. Understanding between these two cultures, or between these two classes. And there's also this underlying animosity that gets brought up in the film and by the end of the battle you're not sure if the samurais have had a victory or not well i i love that 
can we jump to like the end of the movie once <laughs> once the wars happened and it's finished? Yeah, we'll we'll get to the yeah. Let's do that right now because, because it's it's such a major moment of the movie. And because you know we're gonna jump around anyway. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that's gonna be a lot of this episode. But you'd think you know seven samurai. It's gonna be the samurai that are saving the village. And I love at the end, you know, it's really this community that they've built with the farmers that are able to defeat all the bandits. And once, you know, we see the the farmers kind of celebrating and they're planting new rice. It's a thing where Kembi goes, we lost the battle. We were the samurai that were supposed to come in and save the day and protect everybody. But it was really the farmers. This is their victory. Is that is that the feeling you get out of it? Well, I, well, I mean, feel... that, that was his quote. Well, I understand his that's his his quote, but I got I think it to me it comes off as very melancholy. Like he's like we were the soldiers that defended these people and we were the ones who had to pay the price for their victory. Mm-hmm. And you know, in that last shot where it's them and it's the graves of all the of the four fallen samurai. Yeah. And you know, also I love that shot. It's a beautiful shot, by the way. There's so many beautiful shots in this movie. There is. I mean, that one's the probably the most like tugs at your heartstrings because you know everyone those that's in those graves you know everyone that's in those graves but they also kind of built this little family within themselves mm-hmm. so it's, it's sad to see the four that are gone but um i lost track of where i was going uh, to shira mifune you know beautiful eyes like you get lost <laughs> in them sometimes <laughs> i mean he was a riot in this movie there are so many good actors in this and um, i think i read somewhere that he kind of stayed in character throughout the entirety of this project well in character is a stretch basically kurosawa told him hey i need a rascal in this position but it quoted akira kurosawa i need a rascal in this position so he just asked mifune to just improv and just do his thing on camera but it was a thing where like you know when cameras weren't rolling he was coming up with like funny things to tell the kids and you know doing funny things so the kids would laugh i mean a lot of our comic relief in this movie is with him yes i mean you know the big laughs when he's you know trying to control the horse and then you know falls off comes walking out one of the the greatest tropes in hollywood you know when you see someone either on a a horse a bike a car and then they pass by something that blocks the image and then it's just you know the horse comes out and they come stumbling out behind the thing yeah it we got well we got to talk about the cast Mm -hmm. right because you know it's seven samurai so we got to talk about the seven samurai Except I don't know the names of all the samurai. I I got them here, and don't worry. We'll start. We'll start with the most name recognized ones, and then we'll work down. We, and we're already talking about Toshiro Mifune anyway, who's playing Kakuchio. Got it. Feeling good, and he is like you said, the comic relief. But he's also probably has the most like pathos for this because yeah. he is the child of peasants. He's not a he's not a samurai. He's not a real like. In the traditional sense, a samurai. He's essentially a farmer, yeah. which is kind of so strange in this world that, you know, farmers are just regarded as the lowest of the low when, you know, they're the ones that feed you. It, it's it's because of, like, the class system of, like, feudal era Japan. Like, peasants were a thing where it's like, you're a peasant, so you work in the lordship to make grain and whatever and mm-hmm. barley because that's that's your class. That's what you do. Mm-hmm. And it's and there's no class mobility. Like, if you're born a peasant, unless, you know, you are a woman who mm-hmm. catches the eye of a samurai and marry up, you're born a peasant, you live a peasant, you die a peasant. Yeah. 
And with um, uh, Mifune here, uh, Kikuchio, he is born a peasant and then decides after the bandits come to his village, mm-hmm. tear it apart. He is His village is burned down and, you know, the samurais have taken advantage of his village. He decides, I'm going to claim power and become a, mm-hmm. a wandering samurai. And it's in this, it seems easy. He's like, I got a sword and I'm just really mean and tough. So no one's going to call me on it. And I'll fight anybody that I can fight. I will drink. I'll do whatever the hell I want. But yeah, he has the biggest character arc. Because in the, the beginning, when we first meet him, he's a raging jackass. I mean, he's just all over the place. And then once we get to the end where... um. I can't think of what the samurai's name is. He was really cool. One of the cool ones in the group. I think There's he, like four of them that are like, you would I, describe as really fucking cool. But he's the one that's guarding like where the forest area is. Oh, oh, do you mean the, um, the fucking super samurai? Uh, um, uh, shit, sit, sit, Tichiro? N- not the quiet Fuck. one. He's one of the other guys. When, okay. when they, when all the, the, the farmers, they're carrying him on like a. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think think that's fucking okay he's one of the he's one of them i'm sorry i can't pronounce yeah, all these names we're, we're trying our best i'm not even going to attempt to name these guys but you know you just see because he was the one that had to go messing with the bandits mm-hmm. when he starts you know stealing their armor and blending in and kind of making these you know kind of secret op kills and you know you have kem uh Kemby, where he's telling him you know you can't just be, you know, basically a glory hog. You know, this isn't about how many kills you can do, how many creative things you can accomplish. You know, we're a team. We're, mm-hmm. we're fighting this, you know, war as a team. And that's when the bandits come back and they start really making some significant kills with the farmers. And we see that flip where it's, you know, one of your favorite quotes, the, the consequences of my actions. Curse the consequences <laughs> of my own actions. And we see I that, you know, it's, it profoundly affects him. He understands that, you know, because I went and I provoked the bandits, we lost some really good people. Yeah, and he has this, and the thing at the end of the movie where he has his, you know, like, he gets shot and he has to, and he kills the bandit lord at the end, you know. Mm-hmm. I also love that, oh my, oh, I've just been shot in the stomach by a fifty caliber musket. Oh, how did he die? Well, he stabbed the guy who shot him to death. That's how he fucking died, like a, like a badass. Because <laughs> if you can describe Tashira Mifune in anything, it is badass. Yes. And it's the thing where at the beginning of the movie, you kind of don't like him. He's kind of a he's kind of a jerk. He's kind of an ass. Well, I mean, c- compared to Kembi, where you know you just he's very, I want to say soothing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the right word, but he has a really calming presence where it's like, I don't need to flash my skills. I don't need to be obnoxious. I know who I am and I know how to diffuse a situation. Yeah. Um, can be played by Takashi Shimura, who is the, <laughs> who, who the other said, star in this who movie. Who you said looks like the Asian version of my grandfather. Does he not? Yes, he does, which is so weird. I was like, when I was watching him, like, Wow, you really look like my grandfather, but I don't know if that's just me. And did, then did right you now, see the picture right now on IMDb where he's like in the old man get where up he's with the hat? the hat? Yes. Yeah, and you're like, oh, oh hi, granddad. Y- yeah, kind of, kind of. But um, he's also like world famous. He worked with Akira Kurosawa beforehand in Akira. Great movie, by the way. Mm-hmm. Really great. And he in this movie, he's the 
He's the world weary, very, you know, like I've seen a lot of battles, kid. And you know what I got out of him? A lot of bad memories. But he's he is like the definition of what you wished a samurai would be, Mm -hmm. where he is humble. He is kind. He fights for the weak. And he is he's like smart and I, he's a he's like the perfect embodiment of what you would hope the hero would be, but he's you know this old man who can't really live up to that anymore. Yeah, because I mean we hear it from the farmers where this is such a concern to bring the samurai because you know they're gonna pillage us, they're gonna you know rape the women, they're gonna you know do this this and that to us. When you know, I, again I haven't watched too many samurai movies. But the ones that I have, you know, I've always assumed that the samurai were the good guys. I would never think that they would, you know, do this to the farmers and their families. So that's why I love Kembi, where he's just, you know, that personification of good. Which is interesting because, like like you were saying, oh, you know, in the other movies, you know, oh, the samurais are supposed to be the good guys. This is almost deconstructionism of the samurai mythology. Mm-hmm. Like how, like... In American films, Westerns, we had a deconstruction of Westerns in the late 60s, 70s. Yeah. You know, they came out of Italy, right, with, you know, Fizzville of Dollars, the mm-hmm. Spaghetti Westerns. But with Kurosawa, he's deconstructing this mythology of the samurai, you know, the, the mythology of like, oh, they were proud warriors and they did everything their mm-hmm. lord told them because they worked for the, the greater good of the realm and yada, yada, yada. You know, like holy knights, right? Yeah. And in this, he's like, no, samurai are human. Like, mm-hmm. oh, they're supposed to keep up and, you know, save the weak. And um, Rikichi and the other uh, villagers go and they ask, like, three samurais. And they're like, dude, get the fuck out of my face. I don't work for free. He's like, I'm not here to be, you know, your bodyguard. I'm here to make a name for myself as a great warrior. I mean, you, you start to see, you know, how, like you were saying, the samurai, they're people. Yeah. And it's the same with the farmers. You might think, you know, oh, these poor farmers. And then you've got some that are kind of like, Dude, you're problematic, like Shino's father. Yeah. Where he is... I have some sympathy for him in context of the era they're supposed to be portraying, but he is... He is very... Problematic. Problematic is probably the good word if we're going to use it. Because it's like, you could tell that he loves his daughter, he's trying to protect her, but he goes about it in the wrong ways. Like, uh, I mean, it's a beautifully... It's a beautifully framed shot. When we see Shino, I think, for the first time, and she's washing her hair. Yes. And it's just, you know, she's, you know, like, what do you want? You know, I... You also, could... beautiful shot, by the way. And yeah. I'm not just saying that, because it's like, like, how she moves her head and the hair's hanging down, it's like how it's composed, is a really well-done shot, and I yeah. don't know why it looks so good. It's also her hair, too. She's got beautiful hair, and because her hair's wet, it's shimmering, so it's kind of like, you know... The light catches at these perfect angles. It does. It kind of, you know, sparkles, and you see why he is so determined to cut her hair, because, you know, the samurai, they're going to come, and they're going to see his beautiful daughter, and, oh, you know, the the light hits her hair, and it's like diamonds, and that's really going to be, you know... he She is his uh, pride and joy. Yeah. That is his treasure. And have someone come in and possibly, you know, sexually assault her, take her away. And he's like, you need to cut your hair off. I'm going to cut your hair off so that they think you're a boy. You need to dress like a boy so they don't take you. But it's just chasing her around with a blade. Again, how you describe it where it's like, hey, there's going to be some sketchy dudes coming in. We're going to cut your... I'm like, okay, 15th century Japan, I can... 
I get where you're coming from, bro. When you're chasing her with a with a straight straight blade in the middle of the street, I'm you're starting to lose me. And the fact that, you know, people are just watching this happen and they're not trying to step in and be like, you know, well, well, that's the thing. I think they confront him and they're like, what are you doing? Blah, blah. Eventually, and, and eventually, someone in a, a, I guess, a leadership role in the, mm-hmm. in the, uh, I keep wanting to say the facility, in the community, you know, finally stops him and talks to him and tells him, you know, what are you thinking? What are you doing? And then he finally kind of explains it. You see her crying in the corner, just, you know, I, chunks of hair missing. I love how he throws it back at the guy and says, you're only saying that because you have sons. Yeah. And then the other villagers start kind of looking at each other and like, Oh, fuck. He does have a point. He does. He has a point, but it's just he goes about these things in the wrong way. And it's just like, you know, you're doing more trauma to her than these samurai that you've never met before could possibly impose on her. It's it's one of those things where I love how flawed the um, victims, quote unquote, mm-hmm. in this are, you know, the villagers, right? Because it's like, oh, they're down trying. There's they're flawed people because they're people and people are flawed. Okay, the little old man from the village. Not not the elder of the village, but the one that always looks terrified. Oh, uh, uh Yohi who has the greatest I am terrified face yes. in all of cinema. I just wanted to protect them the entire just, time. Just give them a- I loved how him and um Mafuni's character, Kikuchio, yeah. kind of kind of become bros near the end of this. Like after yeah. after uh Yohei finally like kills somebody, he's like, oh, I can't believe it. And Rakuchi is like, bro, you're the fucking man. You got this. I mean, that's a great shot, too, because you see him. I think he makes his kill in the dark. Yeah, it's it's in the night. Like, he defended his post. His post. And he's like, he got the only kill from the bandits who came across. Yeah, because we see him and he's, you know, he's in position where you could see that he's made a strike. Mm -hmm. But he is so stuck in this moment that we're not sure if he's been impaled, too, or he's been shot. And we're just waiting for him to drop. And that that camera and the goes camera over. pans, and we see that no, he has impaled somebody, but he is so in shock that he can't let go. And uh, Mifune has to come over and basically help him, you know, let go of this guy. And yeah, he's totally bro moment. Yeah, you're the fucking man. But it was just like he is terrified the entire movie, and I just wanted to give him a hug. I was like, it's gonna be okay. You're like, bro, it's it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. You have all these cool samurai. Um, uh, let's let's get on some more some more of the like the the seven samurai here. I mean, we gotta talk about the the coolest one of the bunch. Oh oh, uh, Kiyuzo, uh, who I... is the stone faced super yes. samurai? That okay. Well, I know we didn't talk about the introduction to everybody, um, because Kenbei has a great introduction where he. Yeah. You know, cuts his his hair off, which is a huge symbol in samurai yeah. Japanese culture, and he like uh, saves the village child who's been ta- uh, kidnapped by a robber. And, and he takes the the clothes of the monk to you know pretend to be a monk to get in you know with this um, with this kidnapper. Yeah, he's like, oh, don't worry, I'm a I'm a humble monk. I'm here to give you rice balls. You must be hungry, and mm-hmm. uh, you don't see when he darts into the mm-hmm. hut. And the guy comes out in slow motion, and he's like, "Uh," and he dies mm-hmm. and falls over. And you're just like, "What happened in there?" That this old man's a bad motherfucker. Oh yeah. Then you have Kiyuzo, who we first see him, and it's him and this dude, and they're they're getting these bamboo sticks ready, and they're like, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna throw down." And the the other guy, you know, charges him like, Rawr! and Kiyuzo just like boom pops him pops him like right in the shoulder. And the guy's like, ah, that wasn't fair. If this were real steel, like we'd, uh, 
like if this were real steel, I would have won. Yeah. Kyoso's like, if this were real steel, you'd be dead. And then the real steel fucking comes out. Well, I mean, before that, the other guy is like, you know, come on, let's go, let's go. And Kyoso's like, I don't want to see you die. And that, which, you know, just spurs on the other guy. He's like, you know, come on, let's go, let's go. And, and I love how um, Kembi, Kembi is watching this and he's like, bro, this ain't even going to be hard <laughs> for him. Bro, just just walk away, man. It, it, it's like the reels and the stuff where you see, you know, someone with like a katana and they barely unsheathe it. They maybe get like a few inches of it unsheathed and they close it back really tight. <laughs> it's that kind of kill. It's like, holy shit, he's dead. <laughs> yes, it is. It is, again, like super super like textbook like how do you introduce the badass of the group like it is it is great because the guy comes in charging and then again like the three inches out Mm -hmm. and the guy's like falls over dead and you're like and then you see the 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 rest of the people from that town they just take off running back into the town like oh shit you know if he could do that to him you're like that was that was bill billionson he was the badass at the local pub oh no also, I don't know why Bill Williamson is wandering around Japan, but hey. I don't even know who time. that is, but okay. I don't know either. I made this up. Wow. But um, it's really interesting with that character and that actor. Uh, he is played by Seiji Miyaguchi. I'm, I think I got that one. And fun fact about that character, he's portrayed as like the samurai badass. He's mm-hmm. he's He's the guy who's like, okay. We need real samurai, and this guy is, um, if this was a Western movie, he would be the gunslinger, like the expert shot. Yeah, he would be the Clint Eastwood. He would be the Clint Eastwood. In reality, you know, they casted him. He had never held a sword before. (laughs) He literally didn't know how to do any, like, kendo or samurai stuff. He held a sword for the first time three days before this shot, before this scene. And he was just, and I don't know if he, like, trained with a real, like, samurai guy, or he was just like, hey, here's your sword, get used to carrying it around. And he's like, oh, okay. I mean, this this is the definition of um, leaving no crumbs behind. I mean, wow. <laughs> right. Because you, you look can, at him, and it looks like this. You believe that he would have had a sword in his hand his entire life. And he, the way he carries himself, the way he carries it, how he has the stance, like how he literally stands. I'm like, I've seen that in paintings of Japanese, like yeah. samurai, like that exact stance, that pose, how he carries himself, how he's holding everything. I mean, it, let alone when he sneaks over to their camp to steal one of the muskets. And he just, you know, has not only like a thousand yard stare, but you could just see the sadness for the lives that he had to take. And, and when he comes back and he just hands him the musket and he's just like too dead and just goes and lays down and goes to sleep and he rests like, on his sword and it's it's a thing where you look at that actor and it's like oh did they cast like a kendo state champion for the mm-hmm. role like did they just cast him for the stunt and it's like no he was like a real ass like actor i think he was like like a real like theater drama actor or whatever in japan and they were like this guy just looks like a badass and eh, we'll we'll figure it out he's, he's got that you know kind of strong silent type look to him yeah yeah, like the Clint Eastwood type is a perfect mm-hmm. description of him. And we also have, um, okay, we're, we're working on this one here. All right. Mm-mm-mm. We have Kachuhiro, who is the, um, he's the younger samurai. He's the untested. He's the, 
the rich kid who is like in the samurai class, but he's like maybe the one that falls for Shino. Yes, and he's like maybe like nineteen or twenty. I don't get a good vibe for the age in anybody in here, it's but just, he you is can tell he's young. Definitely the youngest, and he is like all those um in like the war movies where it's like oh he's the fresh young recruit and mm-hmm. he's gonna see what war's really like because he thinks it's gonna be bluster and fun and this general's gonna take him under his wing and kind of show him the right way to be a soldier and i kind of love his character of uh kachuhiro who uh he's also played by isao kimura i'm gonna get everybody's names god damn it and he is he he almost feels like the lead of the movie because yeah. he has the most transformation from like I'm a samurai and samurais are badass to I'm a samurai and now I know why why samurais are badass mm-hmm. and it's he has the relationship with Shino and that's a thing that becomes a whole kettle of worms and then he gets his heart broken at the end yeah and it's like oh my my boy. I don't understand why this peasant girl wouldn't <laughs> want to ride your wealthy, wealthy dick all the way back home oh to the real lord. Okay, like, I don't want to be rude or anything. <laughs> I guess we've proven she knows she ain't a gold digger. But, oh, but it's like a thing where, you know, he is proving himself in this that he can be a real fighter. Because when they're, like, gathering the samurai, he's not recruited by the villagers he's basically just followed Kembi around and mm-hmm. be like bro i saw you kill that um robber and save that child i must be your disciple you must train me yeah. and Kembi's like bro i'm too old for this shit yeah he's, he gives he gives him uh the, the murta i'm too your, old for this shit your buddy cop movie where you know you've got the the seasoned detective that's gonna retire three and, days from retirement like three months <laughs> three months away and then you got the the new rookie cop that's like, come on, I could do it all. And it's just, no, I, I love that. You know, we kind of see him age within the short time frame where it's just, ooh, cool, I'm a samurai. This is fun. We sword fight and we do this, this and that. And it's like, no, there's a lot of honor and respect. And we see kind of, you know, with the badass one that, you know, I kill somebody and just like, you know, a clink of, you know, opening my, my sword and closing it. And it's just, you know wow you know there's there's sadness in his eyes because he took a life yes and it's like that's what we get with this young samurai where he's kind of understanding you know the weight that it is to be a samurai and it's and it's that interesting dichotomy between uh the four samurai we've talked about so Mm -hmm. far where kikuchio is just the bluster and the the bluster and the bravado of i am a samurai that means i have power because i I'm also a badass because yeah. he was a peasant and he was like, oh, the samurai came in and they had power. You know, they took it from my peasant. So I will be what was powerful to me. Mm-hmm. You know, he's taking he's taking that shit back. Yeah. Right. And then you have uh, Kenby, who's on the complete opposite end of that, who is I am honor. I am respect. Mm-hmm. I am defending the weak. I am everything a samurai should be or live up to. Mm-hmm. And you have. um kiyuso who they ask him you know hey you know we blah blah we'll pay you and everything like that and he's like i only do things to challenge myself to Mm -hmm. better myself as a samurai and a swordsman which again badass trope number one oh can you help me i only fight if it makes me stronger like 
what the fuck is that? And he's mean? stoic on top of it, where it's just like, what are you thinking? And he's just like, what are we going to have for dinner later? That, that might be the thought running through his head. You don't know, which which makes him a great soldier. You don't know what's going on in his brain, but he could take you down in like three seconds. Yeah, he's he's a world-weary, beaten down. Like, he, he doesn't have the idea of, like, honor anymore, but he is completely invested into the skill. And then you have... um. Kachihiro, who is like, he doesn't know where he's going. Mm-hmm. He could end up like a um a Kikuchio, who, you know, technically not a samurai, but he could be like, I'm bluster and bravado, and people do what I say because I'm a samurai and mm-hmm. I'm a badass. Or he could become um Kiyuzo, and he's like, I don't really invest into the philosophy of the samurai, but I invest into the methodology of the samurai. Mm-hmm. Training my body, training my sword, training my prowess. Uh, what? My mind. My mind, yeah. And then... But then it could be like Kenbai, who is like the, who is into that mythology, that, um, the standards of what it means to be a samurai, what it means to be a good samurai. And then you have, fuck, we still have three more of these guys. Seven doesn't seem like a big number until you start listing guys off. Well, especially when you have a a hard time pronouncing their names, their character names, and their actual names. Yes. And Uh, then some of these pictures... The actors are either older or there's no image of them on here. So it's like, you're kind of scrolling. You're like, well, I think that's... You're, you're like looking at IMDb and you're like, who the fuck are you? I know. Like, I don't remember you from the movie. Like, oh, yeah, that's who you were. <laughs> but yeah, but we also have um, Hihachi, uh, played by Minoru Kiaki. Mm. Okay, we're doing it. Uh, and he is the great samurai of the woodchopping school. I think that was the one that I thought was really cool. Oh, he, he's the one that, that dies. I don't know if he gets... He is. He's the first samurai to die, I believe. Yeah. And they make a note that he's like, he's not a great samurai. He's not a great fighter, but he's a good guy. He's got a great personality, and that's what I kind of loved about him. That's just... He's also huge compared to all the other guys. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't know if that's like a camera trick or if they just cast this six foot eight behemoth of a man. You never know. But yeah, he's, how would you describe him, I guess? Friendly. Right? Yeah, because I mean, you've got the other one that's kind of the strong silent type. You've got the young samurai that's kind of like a young student that's excited. You've got uh, Kembi, who's like, you know, the the expert, the, you know, kind of the weary traveler because he's done it all. He's seen it all. And this one, he's just, he's just having a good time because he knows Kembi. So it's like, you know, Kembi... I thought you died, like, you know, a oh, decade ago. No, no, no. You're thinking of uh, Gorobi. He's he's um, his old friend. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or, no, no, no. Sorry. It's uh, Siichiro. Siichiro. He is, he is Kenbi's old friend. Sorry. Okay. I know. It's, it's, fucking, it's, it's fucking confusing because the last three samurai almost fill the same role of, not, not cannon fodder, obviously. They all have, like, distinct personalities yeah. and they bring different things to the group. But they are the soldiers mm-hmm. of this, where each one is like, oh, we're not the greatest fighters, but we have, like, the soul and the will of the mm-hmm. of this group. You know, with um, Hihachi, he's, you know, the happy and joy mm-hmm. with, um, eh, with Gorobi, he is, like, the skilled second in command. And the only reason he's, like, second in command is because... He's like the he's like a real deal samurai, and yeah. when Kimbi did the test to him, he was like, 
yo, why are you like doing this weird test thing to me? Are are we okay? And Kimby's like, oh, so you're like a real fucking deal. Okay. And he's like, just, he's almost lined up with Kimby as like joy of the heart kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm doing this to be kind. And then with Siichio, God damn, I'm fucking, I'm nailing these fucking names. He comes in again because he's like, old friend Kimby, I thought you died, bro. He's the war bond yeah. kind of thing. It's, I don't know. It's interesting because it's like, oh, I'm watching like Band of Brothers again. Oh, all these guys just kind of like fucking throw yeah. in and they're going to, they're going to, you know, kick some ass. And they do. They do. Sorry, Sped run the last three, but fuck, we've been in here a minute. Yeah, we have. <laughs> so let, let's talk about the rest of the movie. Yes. Um. So with the th- samurais all like brought together and when they are getting into the village and when they're being... When they come into the village for the first time, right? And they gr- get greeted by nobody. Which is great. I love that. When they walk in and they're all confused. What happened? Blah, 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 blah. And it takes a while before um, Ryuchi kind of proves himself to mm-hmm. the other samurai. When the alarm sounds, they all run out, you know, swords drawn. The villagers come running out. Samurai, help, help. Oh, mm-hmm. the, the bandits are coming. And they're like, who sounded the alarm? Blah, blah, blah. Because the, you know, samurai come in and they're like, we're ready to defend you. Yeah. Like, okay, the alarm's going on, I guess. The fight happens now. And then Kikuchio comes out and he has the alarm and he's like, I sounded the alarm. They're like, why did you do that? Because you guys all hid from us when we walked in. Then I sound the alarm. You come out, you know, help us, help us, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) It's like, come on, guys. We're all here on the same fucking page can we just be like like honest with each other here we get it you don't want us to be here but we're here now he's like rude (laughs) could have said hello could have you know offer us a drink maybe you know bring out some coffee some some cookies you know sake some sake i mean they've been hiding sake yeah kikuchio kind of calls them out on that which we'll get into the greatest monologue in action cinema in a second um drinks almost the whole vase or vase it's great it's great uh, but, you know, they, they come into this village, right? Mm-hmm. And they're setting up for the attack and they're trying to, um, pro- like, show the villagers, like, how to defend themselves. They're getting the bamboo spears and everything like that. You have Kembe talking to the other samurai and saying, if you were to invade, where would you come from? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, how can we strengthen? How can we leave one area open to basically trap the bandits that come in. You, you gotta love that, right? Oh, yeah. Because there's, it's like, in most movies, you know, you would have the montage of them building the and walls. Batting down the hatches. Yeah, and this, it's like, no, we, we get a tiny bit of it, but it's mostly them surveying the the land. It, you have the big map. Also, I love how it has the markings on the mm-hmm. side of the map of like, this. how many bandits are there? 40? All right, we're going to X out yep. every circle when we kill one of these sons of bitches. And it's it's kind of it's kind of enthralling seeing them prepare for battle. Mm-hmm. And in this is also where we get like the first sign of like tension between villagers and samurai. Yeah. And it's also where we get like Tashiro Mufune proving he is uh, the Japanese Brando. You know, he's one of the greatest <laughs> actors of uh, of the of the 1950s. You gonna start talking about ham sandwiches again? Oh, we're gonna get there, honey. Don't worry about it. But he. He comes in and he's wearing this like samurai armor, and they're like, "Where the fuck did you get that?" Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Oh, the villagers have a whole stockpile of it because they probably killed a bunch of samurai after a battle." And they're like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, 
Yeah, every village does this. You don't know this? And they're and like, gets them all riled up. And they're like, what? Uh, how could they betray samurai? Because samurai are like a class and all this other stuff. How could they betray the noble class of the samurai? And, and you want us to protect you guys. And it's and it's like, bro, it's like you, you're killing my brothers in arms mm-hmm. and you're expecting me to come in and save you. And then motherfucking Kikuchio calls every one of them out in the hardest speech in any action movie. Yeah. How okay, how'd you feel about this one? <laughs> uh, it was entertaining. <laughs> it's entertaining. Yes. Uh, we're cuz he he's going off. Oh yeah. He's he's running them up and down. He's like the only reason these villagers are doing that because you samurai come in, you take advantage of them. All of them. The that's bandit- when we, that's when we get the grand reveal that this is his class. Yes. He is not a samurai. He is the son of a farmer. Yeah, and you kind of... And it's a thing where they've made mention before, like, um, I think... Oh, when they do the family tree? Uh, great gag, by the way. Great gag. Because they, I think they asked him... I stole Kemba, this birth certificate. <laughs> he's like, here's my scroll right here that shows my family lineages, proving I am a samurai. You see right there, Kokuchio, that's me. And They're like, Kembi, that, that would mean you're 13 years old. <laughs> Well, fuck. I I love that because I, I okay. Another great, well composed image when he has the scroll out mm-hmm. and Kenby's like, "Well, you were born in this this year. Well, that would make you 13. And you see in the background, and it's um Hihachi, and he's counting on his fingers. Like, yeah, is that? <laughs> yeah, look- you're right. Yeah, he would only be 13. Does this look like a a 13 year old of this day and age? <laughs> It, I just I just love that because it's like the foreground, the background. Mm-hmm. Everyone has business. It again, the composition in this movie is like flawless. Oh yeah, but I I love that gag where it's like, oh, you look at the front, and it's like, oh, it's um, Tashu Mifune chewing the scenery. Then in the midground, it's um, Kenby being like, blah 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 blah. You know, you fool, you would only be thirteen. Mm-hmm. And in the back, he's the guy's like, fucking, how does how do numbers work? Is that? Yeah, I guess that works out. But we get. Kikuchio and he and it's the reveal that he is a peasant like he's mm-hmm. not a samurai in any real way he's a samurai in like I have a sword and I call myself a samurai but I'm not born of that lineage yeah and it, it's this it goes hand in hand with uh Rikichi mm-hmm. when we finally understand why he's so angry he he's basically a powder keg Yes. He is ready to blow, and it's like, I kind of figured... He's the one pushing for Samurai to come in and and save the day. That's why it's like, I I had figured out more or less that, you know, either the wife was killed by the Samurai, or taken, or the bandits killed her, or someone took the wife. Yeah. I wasn't sure who took the wife, but someone took the wife. Story, screenwriting 101. Somebody killed the wife. Someone killed the wife. We we don't get, you know, the, the montage of her under the sheets, like in all the movies, or her walking down the beach, but, you okay, know. Okay, okay. If Kurosawa did that in Seven Samurai, that would be the only only 30 seconds of footage I can cut from this movie. God, could you could you imagine, like, we're like Kurosawa, innovator of the... um. Of the under the sheets wavy goddess shot, like <laughs> yes, oh Jesus Christ! But we we finally you know understand what happens, and she's not dead; she is living with the bandits. She's a concubine of the bandit warlord, and they're um they're I'm a, I'll call it a territory wherever they're staying mm-hmm. is burnt down by them. And instead of running to her husband, she runs into the flames. Okay, we gotta explain that I'm whole like, bit. My 
God. Okay, because that that's one of those action parts of the movie where they're like, oh, the bandits, they have one up on us, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, we can get to their headquarters. We can even the odds. We're going to burn that shit down. Exactly. And they go in and they burn it down. And I love it because they it's a successful plan. They yeah. sneak in and you're waiting for them to like turn the corner and then some guy's like, oh, and scream. And then it turns into like the brawl. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, the three samurai now have to fight off like 15 guys and trying to escape. Yeah. You're waiting for that to happen. But it they get in. And they light the the sleeping huts on fire, and then as they start burning, and they're watching through the through the, like the window, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, the, the plan's working. I've never seen this in an action movie work once. And then his wife wakes up. There's women in there. There's a lot of women in there, and it's like, oh shit, you know, like if there's women, could there possibly be children in there? But you know, we just see the women run out first, then the men, and it turns into a fight. And men are just being dropped as they run out of the burning building. Yeah, and I, I love that before that because Rikichi's wife wakes up mm-hmm. and she sees the smoke and the fire going and she just watches it. She doesn't call anybody. She mm-hmm. doesn't wake anybody up. She's like watching the fire. And I'm very curious your thoughts on this because she watches the fire. Then, oh, the smoke finally wakes people up. They run out. You know, she hasn't alerted anybody. And then when she walks out, Rikichi is like, Trying to grab her, take her, like, oh, you're safe, blah, blah, blah. And then she runs back into the fire and kills herself. I'm I'm curious what you think her headspace was. Do you think it's like, I cannot go back to you because now I'm so ashamed of what has been done to me. Or I've betrayed you in the village and I don't want to do this. Or it's like, I want all of them to die just as much as I want myself to die. Like, what's I, I your think, mindset? I think it was more of a shame thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's who knows how long she's been with the bandits. Yeah. So I think it's shame, it's guilt, and a little bit is, I don't want to go back to that life. But I mean, the way she looks at him is almost like she sees a ghost. Mm. She is so shocked to see him. And yeah, I mean, it was more shocking when she runs into the fire and he's trying to save her and he's trying to go back. And the samurai are like pulling him back. And this is where we get... um. Oh, this is where we get, uh, I, I swear to God, I can pronounce everyone's names, uh, Hihachi. This is where he dies, I yeah. believe, because he dies try- dragging Rikichi out and somebody nails on the back of the arrow, I think? I think so, or he gets hit by a blade. Something happens. Yeah. But um, I-, I think one of the strongest performances is when they bury um, the first samurai, and then they, I guess they also bury Rikichi's wife. Yeah, and he just you know full on grieves but it's you know it's not even crying it's just you know like noises and screams and he's digging his hands into the dirt and it's just it's very raw it's it's that guttural kind of sadness that you only see in real like despair Mm -hmm. it's very animalistic it's just like you're not human at that point there's you know the human is gone. You are just completely broken. And it's a thing where it's like, oh, you killed like the guy who was basically brought in to be the the morale, to mm-hmm. be the guy who's going to rally us in, you know, mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter because he's like, you know, I might not be the greatest swordsman, but like we're doing the right thing. And you know why? Because guys, we're fucking awesome. That's yeah. why. You know, they killed the pep talk guy. And they then did. Rikichi is there and he's like, you know what? Let's rally the fucking troops. And he grabs the fucking banner mm-hmm. that Hihachi, like, just finished making, like, the day before and goes and plants that motherfucker right on top of the hut. And they're like, oh, yeah. 
okay, the seven samurai, we're still doing this, boys. We're getting well, this done. Kikuchio uh, or Minifune? Yeah. He's the one that... Goes and plants the flag. He plants the flag. Yeah, right after Hihachi dies, because Hihachi yeah. made the banner the other day. Yeah, he was like, you know... The timeline's weird. <laughs> yeah, but he more or less says to them, you know, we need a proper, you know, sign for our war. We need to show that, you know, we are all united and we are ready for a fight. There has to be a banner. Great banner. Great banner, yeah. And then the bandits show up as soon as the banner's put up. They're like, oh, okay, it's time to fight. All right, we're here. We're ready. And and that is when, like, the shit starts. Yeah. And the, again, we said before, it's an hour-long battle. And, you know, I'm not, we're not saying it's like, oh, from, for one solid hour, swords are, are flying and stuff's happening. But the battle starts and it's an hour before it's over, before yeah. the last drop of blood has been spilled. And it's these waves and it's daunting and it really does feel like oh, the villagers could probably lose this honestly yeah. or it's like oh is like every named character in this gonna fucking die because mm-hmm. like people are dropping like a, a lot of the bandits are dropping right you know but yeah. there's like okay some of those villagers are like they're they're in face down mode i mean especially when you get to like one of the last scenes of the movie and it's all the women that are in one building and i don't know if He's like the head of the bandits, like the oh, like their yeah. general or whatever. He gets into that building with the women, and I'm like, oh my god! I'm like, he could just slaughter them. See, that's that's like the last that's the last like scene of the battle, and it's <laughs> raining, and it's like the bandits' last siege, and they're like, we're not gonna leave until we break the line, get into the village, because mm-hmm. then they're like, as soon as we are in the village and we can get to somebody, the weak ones, yeah, we can at least turn the tide. And it is hard fucking core. They're coming down with the muskets. They get into the room with the the village women. And yeah, I'm in the same boat. I'm like, you know, I've seen this movie before, but I don't remember. Does he like, like start chopping into some of these ladies? Does that happen? Because you've got the men fighting on the outside. They're screaming and it's like. And they're fighting other bandits on fucking horseback. Exactly. So it's like this man could go through and, you know attack the women and how are they going to hear because they're screaming there's you know horses it's raining there is so much to kind of um muffle out that sound yeah and again this is when we get to that that you know the the sad parts of it and i'm and this is i'm wondering where it is where you start getting like a little emotional is it when you know oh they finally killed the last horseback and then the bandit chief shoots the musket and then um fucking uh kiyuza drops when, yeah. when you saw that were you like no I no was, not yeah. kiyuza you were the badass and, and when they lift him out of the mud i was just like oh my god i i love it because he's you know he has the sword and he's like running through the wall running through you know the uh the rain and you hear the gunshot he falls down and then he like springs himself like back up to like one last go with his sword mm-hmm. but it's a musket you know he's the yeah. guy's like in a, in a building and he falls down again, and you see him, again, this goes to the actor, uh, Seiji Miyaguchi, who is phenomenal in this movie. And you see when he falls down, he's still, like, kind of trying to keep mm-hmm. going, to keep fighting, right? Yeah. You know, and, and you know, Kikuchi is like, oh, you know, ah, why you fucking die? The fuck's wrong with you? And then... I think the the scene that really got me, um, I think this is Nightfall, when mm-hmm. the, the first day or the first, you know, few hours of this battle... When um, the couple and their baby go to uh, the barn to go rescue her father. Oh, yeah. And, you know, they're like, 
well, what happened to them? You know, it, it's a Mifune is like, well, they didn't come back. They haven't come back yet. And they go back and she's carrying the baby in the water. The barn's on fire. The barn's on fire. And she hands the, the baby to uh, Kikichio. And then she collapses into, um, is it Kembe's arms or someone else's arms? I think it's Kembe's arms. She collapses and, you know, he looks and he goes, oh, she's been speared. And who knows how long she's been walking with the baby. And that's when you really have uh, Kikichio kind of, you know, this full circle moment where he says, you know, this baby was me. And you kind of get the full grasp that his parents were possibly slaughtered. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you know, he finally breaks. It's like he's been trying to, you know have that moment and he's been fighting it he'll run off he'll go cut things or kick things and it's like this moment he finally collapses and he is the comedic relief of he the is. movie he's the guy who had who does the whole like oh he's hopping around and being that old rascal but he has also the moment of oh that is profoundly sad yeah and it's almost like okay now i kind of get why you're this blustering like asshole you're it's it's the Jaws thing. We're referencing Jaws. Uh, we love Jaws. We love Jaws. Where you know Quinn's telling the story of like mm-hmm. the Indianapolis, yeah. and he's telling it while he's smiling, and it's like, oh, why do you smile so I don't cry? Yeah. And it's and it's like ah, that's why he mm, you know, he has so this good. trauma, and he's using his you know anger to kind of you know survive every day, and it's this battle that finally just tears those walls down, and I think that's why I was more affected when he dies. Which in the is end, right versus after the, the strong, silent type guy that dies, because it's just yeah, because right after Kiyos, because he's doing it for revenge, because he's like, my brother has fallen, yeah, and he charges the fucking bandit chief, rips the door open, gets fucking shot, gets shot like in the stomach, mm-hmm. and you, I love this whole interaction with Mafune versus the bandit chief. Mm-hmm. Uh, that actor is a uh, Shinpi Takagi, killing it with these name pronunciations today. <laughs> And he's like in awe of Ricci because he's just like he just gets back up and he's just walking towards and him. And he's terrified. Yeah, it's it's fucking wild. Like again, the facial performances in this movie are great, <laughs> but this guy is like he's he's giving Yohei a run for his money in terror. Yeah, because I mean, he legitimately shot him, and he's thinking, "Oh, I've got the upper hand because I just shot the other guy and he just fucking died." Well, it's a thing where you know it's like. Yes, you know, with a sword battle, you know, one could be better than the other. But with a gun, it, this is like the whole Indiana Jones thing where, you know, you've got the, the guy, you know, twirling the sword around and Indy just pulls the gun out and shoots him dead. And it's like he he kind of has that kind of, you know, well, I got the musket, so I could take anybody down. It's um, I But Menafune a... just has so much anger that he gets up and he's like, yeah, you shot me, but I'm still taking your ass down. And I and I love it because it's not like the chief, bandit chief is like, like runs in terror. He's like just in awe. He's like, how the fuck are you still alive? And then realizes like, oh, you're going to kill me. That's yeah. why you're still alive. And like Kikishio Mufune just like kind of grabs him and boom, jams the sword mm-hmm. into him. And then he just kind of like. The ch- throws the bandit chief to the side. He falls over, falls into the water, you know, because, oh, he falls in the water. It's over. And then Kikichio is like, you're like, oh, does, is he going to make it? Are we going to get the next shot? And he's going to have the bandages wrapped around the, his stomach. Or, and he's like, know, I made it, guys. What, was he wearing armor and it kind of, you know, blocked the the musket shot? And this, no, he just drops. He just falls Ooh. over. His, his war is over. His war is over. And it's kind of like, you know, this guy's going to die a few seconds before I do. But, you know, it's worth it. 
to reiterate, how would you describe Mifune in this film as badass? Yes. I like how, because the movie starts and he's a drunken buffoon. He's he's an obnoxious asshole. He gets hit on the head with the... With, with the he failed the samurai <laughs> he test did. easily. Easily There were that others bullshit. that passed the test and were Every like... Every other one passed the test. And literally all the others. And he's like, what the fuck? You hit me with a piece of wood? <laughs> And and he and the first time they see him, they're just like, no samurai drinks too much to lose their wits. And he walks in stumbling drunk, and he is yelling and screaming. He act he literally acts like a dog and like kicks dirt behind him. Yeah. And by the end of it, you're just like, nah, dog, like you survive, come back, please. Well, that and I love that you know he makes fun of everybody, and they make fun of the samurai, make fun of him, and then he's kind of like, like the little brother being made fun of by their by his older brothers. It's kind of like they, they're able to knock him down a peg and he just kind of sits there like, well, shit, I can't think of a comeback. This is fucked up. He's like, I'm not smart enough to, th- to match wits with you, but I can at least look funny to the children of the village. I, I could dance. And, you know, do you guys have any older sisters? And, you know, when they go out to when the when they're collecting the barley and it's the women that are out there with their scythes and he takes the one scythe from the lady and he goes, look. I could cut it down three times faster than you can, but you got to be friendly with me later. And she's just like, bro, the fuck I'm not, you know? Like, I, I, uh, it's, it is lovely. And also I like how he does that. And that's another hint being like, oh yeah, you will, you was a farmer kid. Okay. Yeah. yeah you were a farmer boy. All right. I, I see mm-hmm. what you're doing with mm-hmm. And it's, it, it, it is so fascinating at, at the length of the movie and how, you know, big the cast is. Yeah. Again, there's, oh, it's seven samurai. And then there's like three named villagers that you have to keep track of for the mm-hmm. plot. And you don't have to keep track of any of the bandits per se, but there's like a lot of interdynamics going on. You're following all, like three or four plots at the same time. The farmers, their wives, the children. It's and, like there's so many people in this world. And you have Kurosawa giving time to invest in real, honest character arcs for at least three people in this movie with Rikichi, the villager, who's mm-hmm. like, oh, the hothead. And he's like, ah, I'm going to, oh, we've been beaten down by life and everything is, you know, solemn and we need to defend ourselves. And, you know, at the end of it, he's like, there's there's nothing like we are we're going to fight and die, but at least we're going to fight back. And at the end, he's like, we're doing it, boys. You know, oh, let's he, gather up this barley. Everything's great. He's singing while the, the women are planting the rice. He's just having a good old time. And this he's another one where you see this complete character arc mm-hmm. where, you know, in the beginning, he's on his hands and his knees and he's begging, pleading for help to, you know. Where he becomes basically a savage after he loses his wife and he's ready to kill anybody that crosses his path. He regains his humanity. Yeah, humanity is totally back at the end of the movie. And then you have um, uh, Kachihiro, you know, the, the young samurai. Mm-hmm. And we've been over this where he was, you know, oh, now he's become a true samurai, the true warrior. Mm-hmm. But he lost that, like, idealism and sees, like, the cost of it. He mm-hmm. has his heart broken by uh, Shino. And it's like, brah. And, and it's the whole thing his, with his, his arc. Shino. Uh, I mean. You're like, I would ship it. <laughs> I mean, it's just, they're so dramatic. Well, I mean, more Shino than him. Because she's, like, you know, screaming things, you know. Just be a samurai. And she throws herself on the floor and he's like. Oh, that's what you mean? Nah, I, I'm good. <laughs> I love that to no end because yeah, it's, it's like, almost bruh. like I, I'm almost like Sh- Shino. Are you just are you are you kind of into this? Are you just like take me? Oh no, please don't. Why why aren't you taking me? <laughs> do do I have to spell it out for you? Take me, dumbass. But no, don't take me. It is 
I, I love her so much, but you see that arc with Kachihiro and him kind of like growing up, becoming an adult. And then you see Kenbi, who is like the world weary samurai. And they're like, oh, how many battles have you been in? And he's like, I've been in many battles and not a single winning one. And then he fights this one and mm-hmm. oh, the samurai win. And he's like almost, he's in a sadder place than he was at the beginning. Yeah. And he was already in a, oh, the world's kind of tough. And at the end, he's like, the world's tough and my friends are dead. Man, life's rough. Yeah. And, it, it is astounding to me that uh, Kurosawa, the writers, are able to invest so much into providing arcs mm-hmm. for all these characters. And I look at movies made now, 70 fucking years later, and I'm like, yeah, Iron Man's the same at the end as he is in the beginning. Same with Captain America, Thor, Hulk. Not to pick on Marvel or anything, <laughs> but I'm just saying, guys. It's... It's just great. I, I love how well-written this movie is. I it went is. on a long tangent. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. So since we're getting towards the end of this episode, what is your favorite scene of the movie? It could be, like, you know, not content-wise. It could just be, you know, stylistic. Uh, I mean, the the style in this movie is the content or contact. Um, shit, there's, there's a couple of fucking good ones. Um, honestly... I would I would have to say the ending of the movie I think hits me the hardest out of anything in here. Maybe, maybe Kikuchio's speech hits mm-hmm. me harder in the moment, but looking back on it, that final shot where it pans up and you see the samurai there, the swords, the swords and the three there, and it's like, oh, this is what it costs to get to here. Mm-hmm. That's probably my favorite scene of the movie because it feels like that has the most weight and the most like. That's the movie that, that's the thing, you know, the last mm-hmm. image of any movie should hit you hard, and that movie, that image hits me hard. That, okay. I think that the last scene is probably my favorite favorite. That's a good one. What What about yours? Mine has to be when it's uh, Kachiro, yeah. the, the young samurai, when he's laying in the daisies. So beautiful. It's a beautiful scene, and it just kind of shows the innocence of him, because, you know, yeah, he's a samurai, this is his class, his family, but it's just... He is still so innocent as a young man. He hasn't really seen war before. And it's just kind of this, you know, this precursor to what's about to happen. But it's just him laying in the field of daisies. And that's when he sees Shino for the first time. I I love that interaction, by the way. And it's kind of like, you know, that kind of love at first sight. But then he's like, wait, because he sees the hair and he's like, well, are you a boy? And then she's like. She doesn't want to answer yes or no. And then he's like, well, if you are, you should be in training. And she, you know, he starts to kick her ass. And then he, he realizes. Starts, he starts yelling at her. And he's like, what are you doing out here? You should be in training. You shouldn't be out here picking flowers. He says, holding flowers. Holding flowers, which I love. It's like, wait, I could be the only boy out here picking flowers. Not you two. And he kicks her ass. And he's like, like, oh, my God, you're a chick. And I just beat you up in the flowers. And But it's kind of like. And then she's like, no, oh, don't take me, samurai. <laughs> Why aren't like, you taking me? Hurry up and take me, goddammit, but don't take me, no. They're both like, you're cute, though, but no, I can't, but maybe? I don't know, but I, I just thought that was a beautiful scene, him laying in the, the field of the flowers. There's so many beautiful images yeah. in this movie. Like, like Kurosawa is like S-tier director, mm-hmm. you know, uh, probably the GOAT editor. Yeah. And how he's composing stuff, because I found this out, like, researching it. 
he's kind of like Wes Anderson in, in this way specifically. I could hear the music playing in my <laughs> the Wes Anderson music. I love you. Um, but you know how in Wes Anderson movies, everything has to be like perfectly yeah. symmetrical and everyone has to be in exact positions because he wants his storybook aesthetic to mm-hmm. work. Everything has to be on some very tight lines. And people are like, oh, yeah, you know, Wes Anderson, he's nice. He directs you to the to the inch. But, yeah, yeah you know, that's that's a thing. With Kurosawa, it's like it's the same kind of thing. Every person, every shot, every movement is so masterfully composed that it – I found out. Like this is why it took so long to make, it, you know, it, year, to, year of production here. Yeah. Is that because when he is doing certain stuff, he would talk to the actors being like, okay, uh, Mifune, um, yeah, can I get you to stand like right here when you deliver your lines? Hey, can you move like a, th- a quarter of an inch to your left? Uh, that's too much. Give me an eighth of an inch to your right. Okay, now right there. Okay, now I need you to take one step too far. Too far. Okay, one step back. Okay, right there. Right there. Okay, now start from the top. And he would do that for everyone to compose yeah. these images. Everything is so precise and delicate. And then you see in the battle scenes and it pays off. Yeah. Because there's no messed up geography, no messed up continuity. Everything just works and it's um, it's amazing. This movie's amazing. I agree. You agree? I agree. All right. So final thoughts on Seven Samurai? Really good movie. Really enjoyed it. Um, I give it two thumbs up. Two strong thumbs up. Uh, If you haven't seen any samurai movies, Kurosawa movies, you want to jump into kind of, you know, Japanese films, I think this is a great one to jump into. Yeah. It is so modern. It When when Roger Ebert said, oh, it's the first modern action movie, he's kind of right. Yeah. Because so much of this is going to seem super familiar when you watch it. And it's a movie that, you know, it's epic in like the real sense. This is like a Lawrence of Arabia kind of epic. And it's super engaging. It's really well paced. Like it doesn't feel that long. Like the first hour flies by really quick. I still hold by that. The first hour feels like it's fucking 20 minutes. And it's all that build up leading to when the invasion's going to happen. Yeah. Like, when the intermission clicks mm-hmm. in, you're just like, fuck it, we've been here for 90 minutes? Oh, fuck, we've been here for 90 minutes. But, yeah, 100% recommend. Two big thumbs up. Five out of five stars. You know, yeah, great, fantastic movie. Go out and see it. Yes. But next week, what are we watching? Well, next week is another pick from Dean. So what are we watching? Yes, next week we'll be watching Suspiria. Uh, Dario Argento, Italian film. It's part of the Giallo um genre it giallo is this thing that comes from like italian horror films and you're gonna love this i love horror films oh yeah so giallo is like the slasher films that somebody like um john carpenter took inspiration from to make halloween okay people called halloween an american giallo film Hmm. like that was like a real thing people called like black christmas an american giallo film and the and suspiria is kind of like oh poster child this is what a giallo film is and it's also a movie that you're going to very much appreciate because it's uh, in English. Oh, that's that's weird. Oh, we're going to get into a lot weirder things when you see how they talk. Um, but yeah, great movie. Are I, they talking backwards like in the Firewalk with me? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, 100% love the hell out of um, Suspiria. I think it's a great vibe. Really gets into the spooky season. We and love spooky seasons. We do love spooky seasons. And I can't wait for you to uh, uh, let me know what you think about it. All right. Because this movie will either be Boo's new favorite movie 
or um, you're going to hate it with every fiber of your being, and there is no in between. All right, we'll we'll see where we go with this. But um, if you listen, want to listen to us on a different platform than you currently are, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Sorry about that. And YouTube. Yes, you can go to our YouTube channel, The Film Vault. That is The Film Vault on YouTube. And good news, Dean is getting back into uploading our episodes on there. Yep, you'll get to see the slideshow versions of these. And, okay, production value is not going up, but at least they're coming out now. And, uh, yeah, go give us a like, comment, subscribe, do whatever you can. And if you want to follow us on social media to know what we're doing next, you can go to the Film Clip Podcast on Instagram, where we post daily stories, upcoming episodes, and random adventures we go on. And with that, we'll see you next week at the Film Club. Have a good week, everybody. 